Welcome back to the After Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, the team from NC Fit, Gabe Giannis and MDV, are back for our weekly episode. Just things that are on our mind. Now, fresh on my mind in this episode was the Ava workout. And we recorded this workout right before I went and did it. I'm recording this intro shortly after I did it, and man, it did not let me down. 11 rounds, 44 minutes later, tough workout, but I'm glad I did it. We discussed tough workouts. We discussed special workouts today in this episode and how to train and prepare for them and really put yourself in a mindset to effectively approach it, but also be safe. We talk about our goals of training at NC Fit, and ultimately, which drives us in this idea of Murph prep that's coming up. Murph is an annual workout that we do at NC Fit, and we discuss it on today's episode. Now, before we get into it, I want to remind you about a company that we've worked with for a while now. We've talked about it quite a bit, Merrick Health. Now, Merrick Health does a really good job. They have great coordinators that were able to get our blood work done. Myself, Gabe, MDV, my wife, our team, they're getting their blood work done analyzed and provided feedback on ways that we can enhance ourselves and improve our overall fitness. And so if you haven't checked out Merrick Health, make sure to do so. Use the code EOE for 10% off your first blood panel. It was a good idea, right? I hadn't taken blood work in so long. It's just something I completely avoid. But when I got connected to these guys and I saw the depth that they were able to analyze my blood, it inspired me to actually take the time to get my blood drawn. So if you've been thinking about doing it, definitely check out the guys at Merrick Health. The link is in the podcast show notes and use that code EOE for 10% off. Now, without any further ado, let's dive into a great episode with MDV and Gabe. Let's go. Today's April 21st. It is uh, Ava's birthday. And so we actually just got done doing her workout uh, earlier, her and Caden. And it's just fresh on my mind about birthday workouts and you know, it's funny, Caden asked me what his birthday workout is, and I can't even remember what it is, which is super sad because his is on the 10th and Ava's on the 21st. I've just been dedicated to doing one birthday workout a year, but it does make me feel bad that I came up with one for him. But after like a year or two, it fizzled out. But Ava, I've been strong for 11 years. And so um, anyways, it's fresh on my mind. I think it's something that, you know, people could think about. And if they don't have kids, they could try and equate that to maybe a dog, an animal, but every year kind of staying dedicated this idea of doing a specific workout and adding around every single year has been the theory. So we could talk about it. I think it's a cool subject. I think it's something that inspires me to stay in good shape for the rest of my life. But there's definitely some lessons learned because this workout today is 11 rounds. It's going to take me, it'll take me well over an hour and it's multiple hundreds of reps. So anyways, a lot of lessons learned. Birthday workout. Today's Ava's birthday. And I hope everybody's having a great day. What's, uh, what's going on with you guys? You know, I think that whether you like come up with a birthday workout for, for your children or not, I, I think the reason that you did it, Jay, super special, especially with Ava's story. And I love the fact that you have this workout. I love the fact that people at our gyms are doing it, collective gyms are doing it. Really cool significance there. But I think that the broader point and something that I think about, and I'm obviously not a parent yet, I'd, I'd love to be very soon, is just this idea of how important it is to maintain your fitness as you become a parent. I think that you know, for, for a lot of people and, you know, I might not be able to relate to this specifically yet, but you know, life gets busy. You get more responsibilities, whether that's having children, picking up another job, having a longer commute. And I think it, it becomes really easy to kind of use those things as an excuse, you know, to, to kind of set fitness aside. But I think that it's, it's so important for it to continue to be a priority. And I love the 
the the parent and being fit for your child example because we say this all the time and I know it's a little bit cheesy but I think things are are, are cheesy or cliche because they're true you know like we want to do fitness so that we're able to not only you know play and interact with our children but with our grandchildren for for long times to come so that's what I think is the broader point and and I think the more important message you know whether you come up with a birthday workout I think that that stuff is fun and it's a cool way to bring your children into the fold. Um, but I think that really prioritizing like you are fitness as you age as a parent is really the cool piece that, you know, I hope people think about and something that I'm definitely going to think about and incorporate into my training and how I look at fitness as I, you know, enter that stage of, of my life. So Matt Boudreaux put out uh, a really cool topic about what he said was, you say that you would die for your kids, right? but would you live for them? And I, th I found it to be really interesting. So basically what he's saying is most parents say, Hey, I'll, I'll take that on my chest, right? Like if, if I'll, I'll take it on, I'll do whatever to, to, you know, basically I would die for my kids. But then on the flip side, would you then take the time to take care of yourself to make sure you live longer for them? And it was a really interesting dynamic because you're saying you're willing to die for them, but are you willing to stay in good enough shape and stay active and whatnot? to live longer for them. I found it to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to talking to him um, about that particular subject because it's, it's directly what you're related to, Gabe. Um, so I thought that was an interesting quote. Yeah, um, so I think we should talk about the ABLE workout just really quickly because we we you talked about it, but you didn't really tell people what the workout is. So the workout- <laughs> So the workout that we have adopted for for Ava at NC Fit, and then we've been running it almost as a as like a hero workout every year. It actually shows up in our gyms programming, goes out there to the gyms in the collective. It shows up in the NC Fit app now. If you're an athlete out there, and it's an AMRAP of 20 minutes and 53 seconds. And the significance of 2053 is she was born right, Jason, at 2:53 a.m. Yep. And then it's a 400 meter run. And then 21 ground to overhead at 95 pounds or 65 pounds. So that means you can take the barbell from the ground and put it to your shoulders and go overhead, or you can take it from the ground and go directly overhead with the snatch. And then the the numbers on the the workout, they those have significance too, right? Yes, yeah, so you got the 400. So it's really interesting because we tailored this. So the original original idea was let's let's do the number significance first and then talk oh, about the original idea. yeah yeah so the number significance mdv hates when i jump all around um the 400 is because of april right so i thought the four made sense yep 21 was because of the 21st day of the the month uh it was originally 97 pounds but that just became kind of a pain in the ass <laughs> because you had to put 95 on the bar and then add two one pound plates because she was nine pounds seven ounces so i just figured eh, we'll round down to nine pounds, five ounces. And then 253 um, is actually the calculated rest that you were supposed to take in between rounds. So you're supposed to go one round, 400 meter run, 21 ground overhead, and then rest 253 repeat for max, you know, for each round that she was born. Our version at the gyms is 20 minutes and 53 seconds AMRAP, which is, I think, phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the way that we do it in the gyms, because nobody has all day to work out, right? You, like when somebody gets to 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, it's it gets a little bit uh, too long 
for a class environment, but it is a 20 minute and 53 second AMRAP with those numbers, 400 meter run, 21 ground overhead. The way that Jason originally designed the workout was he adds a, he was going to do it four time, adding a year to every year of Ava's life as he goes. Right. So we've made some changes to the workout and uh, that's where we're at. Oh man. Yeah. Today's 11 rounds. I'll be doing it in like a couple hours. And here's, so a long time. Here's the answer. Everyone wants to know Jay pedal to the metal, like no holding back. How many rounds are you getting in the AMRAP version? Ooh. So like, what, I, are you, what are you putting out there as like the Jason Kalipa gold standard score to beat on this? I think seven rounds is, 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 um, is good. Would be good. Seven rounds would, cause seven rounds would put you at a two minute, 400 and a one minute, 21 ground overhead, which would be strong. You'd have to go unbroken. So if you're, if you're, if you're somewhere between like that six and seven rounds, that's a strong 20, you know, 20 minute and 53 second, because what happened is for the first, um, I want to say it was up until year eight, I went unbroken. And then after year eight, I couldn't do it anymore. And a lot of people would think that, uh, uh, the clean and jerk. So then I rotate between clean and jerk and snatch. So round one, I go clean and jerk round two. I do snatch round three. I do clean and jerk and I rotate that way. Today, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, 11 rounds is going to be a long time. So I might go back and forth between the two because snatches just help you get it over with quicker, but the clean and jerk, you can flow through a little bit quicker, a little bit better unbroken. So, but I think six or seven rounds, that 20 minutes would be good. I have not done the 20 minute version. I, I probably should just to kind of create a benchmark for myself. That 95 pound barbell on any workout is just, that's like that, that perfect weight where it's like, it's so deceiving because it always feels light first couple reps of any movement, but man, it'll just, it's a punch in the gut. And also it's just like, it's light enough that like, you don't really have an excuse to like put it down and like look at it for too long, man. It's like that little, like, you know, 800 meter run distance, like the weight equivalent of that, where it's just light enough that you should pick it up constantly, but just heavy enough that it'll hurt. It's good workout. Yeah, the 95 is tough. And then the run, right? Cause you're on the run. You're thinking, Oh, I'm going to shake it out. I'm going to whatever. But then like, you know, after a while, the 400 goes by a lot quicker than you think. Cause even if you're jogging, let's just say it takes you two and a half minutes, whatever it is, you're back on the bar. It's really the clean and jerks of the snatches that add up, especially as the rounds go on. You know, it's a lot of reps. It accumulates quickly. You know, if you're talking five, six rounds and you're talking a hundred plus reps in 20 minutes time, that's a lot. Yeah. So it's a big workout for sure. Light barbell. The barbell should be light enough. If you're doing this workout where when you're fresh, you should be able to do 10 unbroken reps fresh. That should be like the litmus test for when you're looking at your barbell and thinking about doing this workout, should I use this weight? Now in the workout, you might not end up doing 10 unbroken reps throughout, but you should have the capacity to do at least, at least 10 unbroken when you're fresh. And then like Jason said, you know, you want to be somewhere in like the two to three minute range for the runs probably. And then the one to one to two or one to 90 second range, that would be fast if you're doing those 21 ground overheads in about a minute. So yeah, the 90 second to two minute range there for a lot of people is probably going to be where they're at. Um, it's a really great workout. I really hope that you do check your score at 20 minutes and 53 seconds. I think it'd be really, really cool to put it out there to, to let everybody know what you got in that version of the workout. Um, like we said, the, uh, the, the as you age version of this workout at some point gets uh, impossible to do. You know, you yeah. can't be doing 20 rounds of this thing down the well, road. So, so yeah, that again, just to kind of like um, going back for a second, 
my advice to myself, if I could do this over again, would have made it, if you want to live up to like this commitment of like, Hey, adding around every year, which I think in the time, like I really thought was a great idea, but looking back on it, you got to think, man, you know, it was cool 10 years ago to say, Oh, you know, when we get to 20 rounds, it'll be like, you know, all day event. That's cool. Like in theory, the thing is, is that dude, you're just going to be wrecked. You're not gonna be able to move for a, a, a week. And so I wish that I, I just kind of reduced down maybe the loading, uh, and, or the reps maybe to like 12, um, it would have been more, um, digestible as time went on. Cause now, I mean, this year, I don't know how I'm going to approach. I got to think about what I want to do, but then next year and next year and next year, if I'm making this commitment, I got to see like what kind of adjustments I'm going to allow for myself. Cause up until today, I haven't made any adjustments yet. I haven't taken any rest. I've just gone straight through, but in the future, I might need to make some adjustments for sure. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me be clear. I would not advise anyone to build a workout based on adding a year or adding a round to everybody's year of their life and then trying to do it until their son or daughter are into their thirties or forties. I think that, you know, unless you're just talking about doing a single burpee and any, any workout that has a lot of like impact round to round, like a 400 meter run and 21 ground over it at the at the five round mark, that workout is, that's it. That's all you got in that workout. That's enough volume for just about any human being. I know. We got to talk about how we're going to, I need to think about how, how, how to adjust it without feeling like I, I took away from the original intent, which was, you know, as Gabe was mentioning, just, you know, keep holding myself accountable to remain fit. Um, and yeah, you could say like, hey, you know, I hold myself accountable. I don't need a workout to do that, all that kind of stuff. And I get that. But the original intent was was that. But at some point, it does get a little bit obnoxious. You know, when you're talking 15, 20 rounds, I mean, you're talking miles and miles of running plus hundreds of reps. And um, you might actually be doing a detriment to your overall fitness than you would be trying to enhance it over time. So I got to think about what my mulligan, like what's what am I going to give myself in here? We have a beautiful workout built. I, yeah. I, why don't you just do the, the workout as 20 minutes and 53 seconds? It's a it's a fantastic test. If you can get seven rounds in that workout, you're remaining extremely fit. Maybe do the birthday burpees afterwards or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think. All right. Well, I'm going into class today, so I might need to I might need to shift the mindset because I've been I trying mean, to change your mind on this for a couple of years now. I know <laughs> eleven rounds can be well, and I'm I'm what? getting on a red eye flight today. I feel so bad be, for you. Dude, I'm gonna be 11 rounds and go sit on a plane. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna show up in Florida and, and just you know not be able to move. But whatever, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, I, I don't know if MBV you were gonna say something, but I think I think that's a good segue into you know something that's gonna be super relevant in our space. You know, coming up here pretty soon. So this will come out next week, which is gonna be the 28th, and May is around the corner, which means Memorial Day Murph is around the corner. And I think that in light of this, like, you know, special workouts, significance, a lot of symbolic, you know, significance there that people feel very aligned with, but it's a, it's a gnarly workout. It's a lot of volume. So I think it's an interesting conversation about, you know, mentally preparing for that workout, how to approach it. And, you know, what MBB you talk about a lot, which is this idea that sometimes gym owners, coaches, athletes alike, maybe put too much pressure on something like this and it becomes something bigger than it should be, which again, I don't want to take away the symbolic nature of the workout. I think it's very special in that respect, 
but I think that I'll just let you take it from here because I think you say it better. No, I, I love this conversation. I think it's a, it's a great segue into something that a lot of people in the fitness community are going to be experiencing from Memorial Day, which is the Murph workout. So the Murph workout is the hundred me, uh, excuse me, one mile run, and then you have 300 air squats, 200 uh, push-ups, 100 pull-ups, a one mile run, and you can partition those movements in the middle, the 300, 200, 100, in any way, shape, or form that you want to get the work done. You could do one rep at a time of each, or you could do, you know, uh, cut it up into rounds and get it done that way. So there's some strategy involved in this workout for sure. But uh, I do think a lot of times people look at this workout and they get caught up in, in the emotional significance of it. And it is an incredibly emotionally significant and significant workout for the person who you're honoring, who's Michael P. Murphy, who uh, very bravely gave his life serving our country. There's a, a whole movie out there about the, uh, the ordeal that they went through, Lone Survivor. And um, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a fantastic movie. And this was the workout that Mike Murphy would do as just like getting in shape. He, he would do this workout. He was a Long Island guy. He would run the mile. He would do the 300, 200, 100, run the mile. And then you're also wearing a 20-pound vest while doing this workout, which is uh, adds a whole nother layer to it. But even just talking through that workout, like it's a lot. It is a lot. Any one of those components wearing a 20-pound vest is a lot. If you just went out and ran a mile with a 20-pound vest on, that's a, that's a lot of work. So um, I don't want to downplay the significance like Gabe said, but I also, you know, you should have some, some caution in doing this workout. The volume is very high. The intensity can get very high. And you want to make sure that you've been putting in the work, you know, like Jason is saying about like, you need to be staying in shape for a lot of reasons. But in particular with this workout, you want to make sure that you've been putting in the work for weeks and months and, you know, potentially longer than that to prepare yourself for this kind of test. So you don't want to do something like this workout, bite off more than you can chew, then end up either getting injured or being in a really bad way for two or three weeks afterwards because you went too much, too soon, too fast in a really big workout. Hey, good way to look at that. And, and, um, I think it's, is it, is, I think it's 100, 200, 300, isn't it MDV? Well, you can break it up any way that you want in the middle. So you could, yeah, you could do it that way. Too. Yeah. I've done it so many different ways. I know you have two MDV. Um, I've done it where you do a hundred pull-ups straight, 200 push-ups straight, 300 squat straights, which is very difficult. Or you can go five, 10, 15 for 20 rounds, et cetera. Um, I think one thing that I'm reflecting on as this conversation goes on is like, hang on, if, well, and Murph might be a, a separate example, but in my example, if I chose this workout with the intention to remain fit, to, you know, inspire myself and well, am I actually doing a detriment to my overall fitness by performing it with this way? Or is there a better way for me to do it? Right. Where I could still have the same symbolic have the same nature, but I could do it in, in a way that actually enhances my fitness or, or helps me versus like takes me back a step. And I think when it comes to Murph, I've seen it both ways for people. I've seen people train for it, prepare for it, and they get a huge win, huge. And it's a, it's, it's symbolically big for them. They accomplish something they haven't done before and they look forward to doing it again next year, but they know that the training has to be prepared, whatever that training is for that particular individual and their goals. I've also seen it go the other way right? Where they, where they are inspired, they know the story, they want to push and they end up, you know, unfortunately we had a situation at Half Moon Bay where we had to, you know, 
call out the paramedics and the, and the gentleman was, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had low blood sugar and it was a really, really bad situation uh, at an event that we ran for um, the Navy SEAL Foundation. It, was, it, was, it, it went really bad really quickly. And that was an example of like, that wasn't a win for him, right? There was probably things that we could have done to, to improve what happened. But at the end of the day, that wasn't a win for him moving forward. And so I think each person needs to say, hey, what's going to be a win? Set realistic expectations and then build on that for the following year. Uh, and, and ultimately, that's the way that I think you not only honor, but also continue with your fitness progression. Yeah, there, there's a there's a fine line. You know, I think like in doing some of these workouts, even if we're not talking about the Murph workout, the Murph workout's a fantastic example because it is such a, a big test. There is all that emotion that's behind it. You have all of the 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 entire community, the fitness community. This is now not just in the CrossFit and functional training space. You have oh, hundreds of, yeah, a lot of yeah. people out there doing this workout, and you can get wrapped up in that. But you know, the thing to remember also, yes, do you want to experience adversity? Of course. Do you want to do hard workouts to improve your life and your fitness? Of course. But you also don't want to do something irresponsible and then put yourself in a really bad way. There's that line, you know, that this is also for the majority of people doing this, this is, it's just, it's a workout. It's just a workout. And should it be a hard workout for you? Yeah, it should be a hard and challenging workout for you. Should you do something so stupid with your body that it ends up really causing some lasting uh, impacts? Definitely not. Definitely not. I think that that's where I draw the line on this thing and that there's definitely responsibility also, certainly on the person doing the workout, 100%. But on gym owners and coaches out there who are administering this workout, you have to pull people back a little bit sometimes from that excitement and make sure they're still staying in the realm of reality and health and, and, and thinking about, am I about to do something that I probably am not prepared for? If you're not prepared for it, then there's no shame in the game of saying, hey, this year I have to do, I'm doing the half version and maybe I'll be better prepared for it next year. Doesn't take anything away from the reason that you're doing it, right? There isn't any like less than what I'm giving to this workout and the symbolic nature of this workout if I do half MERP because that's where I am right now. I think that's an important point. You know, another reason I wanted to bring this up a month essentially before the workout is you know, this idea of MRF prep, right? And this idea of a lot of people now feeling like, hey, you know, every day I need to get up and do a bunch of pull-ups, a bunch of push-ups and a bunch of squats to kind of get prepared. And then there's kind of like the other side of the argument where it's, hey, if you're training consistently, you shouldn't need any MRF prep. You should just be in a place where you can jump into the workout. You should be prepared for that. Where do we fall, MDV, on kind of that spectrum of, you know, if someone's listening to this, a month ahead of time and maybe they haven't been as consistent as they've wanted to what's kind of the best way in a month's time to you know prepare that's a great question um i i certainly think that this workout demands a certain level of base fitness that no matter how much prep you do no matter how far in advance you start to prep that if you don't have a certain base level of fitness and kind of acclimation to that type of volume that if you do this workout in a way that is too much too soon too fast for you that it, it can go really badly for you so 
listen, if you're just walking into functional training and you're three months in and like, hey, you haven't worked out for a bunch of years and you're like, oh, Murph is coming up on Memorial Day and I see a Murph prep program that I can do to get myself ready to go do that. I don't think that that's probably the best route for that type of individual to take. This workout has, like we said, 600 reps of volume in it, plus two miles, plus a 20 uh, pound pack. There's a, a stimulus there that's uncommon that a lot of people haven't experienced. And the way to prepare for that is to have a lot of those kinds of repetitions, all different types, heavier, lighter, um, higher volume, lower volume done under duress, done when you're fresh, acclimating yourself to that stimulus in a way that you've experienced everything and anything around those movements that you feel confident. That's the type of person who I would look at and go, okay, cool. They've been doing this stuff for a couple of years. They have really great capacity. They can do higher volume uh, gymnastics uh, movements. They've also been able to move loading on their body with heavier barbells, lighter barbells, and they generally are pretty good at flushing out workouts afterwards. Those are the kind of people who I look at and go, okay, cool. Like you can, you give this a shot. If you're feeling good today, mentally you're there, physically you're there, go for it. But like the prep really, the whole mindset of prep for Murph, it can help people build up a tolerance a little bit in and confidence, probably more so for that type of volume leading into the workout. However, you really do have to have to be based in reality that like, if you're very, very new to this, if you haven't worked out for a lot of years, no amount of prep the month before this kind of big event or big workout will help you ultimately, you know, in terms of where you're at. I've switched my stance on this a little bit because we do at NC Fit now, like, we do put out a, a little bit of a Murph prep program that people can administer to their people. Uh, just because not often are you seeing 300 squats, 200 pushups, and 100 pull-ups all in one workout. So even if you have been training for the full year, you do now have an opportunity to experience some of that volume building over a few weeks to get you ready for it. It's a case-by-case -case evaluation about whether or not somebody would be prepared for that workout on Memorial Day, though, in my opinion. Well, and it, just to be clear, like when, when you talk about Murph prep, I, I think there's a lot of ways that I look at that, right? It's like you might be prepping with a realistic goal, but you're prepping to do, let's just say for the sake of argument, you know, jumping pull-ups, push-ups on your knees and squats, and you're trying to build up the leg stamina. To help. You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, um, there might be different levels based on where you're at, right? Like, yeah, like for example, this workout without a pack on is a lot different than with a weight vest on or, yes. a, you know. So, I mean, I think that each person, and I think each coach too, you know, I'll, I'll raise my hand and be like, look, we've made mistakes in the past and it's not just with Murph. It could be with a lot of other workouts. Probably I'm going to be making a mistake potentially if I keep going with Ava's birthday workout, right? Like I'll, I'll raise my hand and say, because I'm tying so much emotion to it and, and, and that becomes difficult. And I think, again, just kind of like calling a duck a duck with myself is that I have to be careful and then also how I'm projecting that on other people. So if you're the owner of the gym and this is a really symbolic workout for you, like Ava's workout is for me, I have to be really careful and other workouts, by the way, but you have to be careful not to set this, um, you know, and, I, and I've made a mistake about this with, with hero workouts, with different workouts in the past, 
where we we build it, build it, build it, that if people don't feel like they're ready for it, but they still do it because they feel like they want to be a part of it, which I think in itself is phenomenal. And we need to make sure we're developing culture and community, of course. But I think that the owner needs to make sure they take a step back. Like I am listening to you guys about Ava's workout and be like, hey, am I too connected? Do I need to look in this person? And maybe the better experience for them is to be dropping those reps down. That's going to give them the better experience and still make them feel like they're a part of it versus having them do it, experience something that isn't exactly what we want. And maybe they'll never end up doing another version of this workout again, right? And Or, or be a part of a community event again. So I, I think that we've made a lot of mistakes in the past. And my advice for any gym owner is to kind of like take a deep breath and put yourself in the shoes of someone who's a beginner and intermediate advanced. And I think tailor different goals based on that, but there's no one size fits all here. And um, just because that's something you want to do, maybe you need to adjust it for the other people. You know? I agree. Uh, I just want to clarify one thing and then I'll, I want to turn back over to Gabe. I, I do think that Murph prep can help some people build some uh, like acclimation to the volume that they're going to experience on Memorial Day, right? Like this would be for any event, any big event. Like if you were going to go out and do a 50 mile run, yeah. if half you, marathon, whatever, exactly. yeah. if you started a couple of months early and you had a base level of fitness and you built up slowly to get ready for that event, of course, that kind of prep is going to help you. But it won't help everybody the same way is essentially what I'm saying, right? If you've never walked a mile in your life and you're like, oh, I have a 50-mile ruck with a 20-pound pack on in a month, doing any sort of prep on the way there, will it help you a little bit? Potentially. Will it help you ultimately complete a 50-mile ruck with a 20-pound pack on and be absolutely just fine afterwards like you just did nothing probably not there's probably not a base level of fitness there or a base level of exposure to that kind of volume and that kind of event and that kind of rigor that a month work of prep would really help you too much so just be smart ultimately is the uh the main takeaway yeah and I, I know jason are you gonna say something yeah, I just wanted to share with you, like, I, I agree with you, MDV. I think that what we're, what we're talking about with this Murph prep is that there is value in Murph prep. I believe so. There is value in prep that's more specific to the tailored event that you're doing. So, for example, I recently did a 100-mile bike ride. And in preparation for that, I had my baseline at, let's just say, my baseline's a whatever. Then I started saying, okay, well, my exposure on a bike, the longest I'd ever done was 10 miles. So I needed to get more and more exposure. So over, you know, a two month cycle, I then started going 15 miles, 20 miles and building up saddle time that helped me on the day of the event. But I had already had a kind of baseline fitness and I needed to develop specific things that were tailored to that. For example, you talk about a 50 mile ruck. That's a lot of time on your feet. And so you have to get time in on your feet. You don't get that from a general fitness program as often or a hundred mile cycle. You're not on a bike for, you know, however many six hours right typically you have to kind of build up to that exposure it's kind of the same idea with murph in a way we don't really do this much volume that often so getting more exposure building up to it is the key while also having a baseline that's appropriate for what the goals are that you're trying to accomplish yeah i think your your baseline gets you further the way there than most people realize but again there gets to a point where you need to start specializing a little bit for these very specialty events. <clears throat> you know, I know we didn't plan to talk about this, but I, I like where the conversation's going. I, another question that I had is, and you kind of alluded to this MDV, 
what's the responsibility of, because I mean, Murph is, is a bear of a workout, even for, you know, you're, you're above average fit people. How much responsibility is there on the coach to adjust their own version of Murph versus feeling like, well, I'm the coach, therefore I must do this as prescribed. And I think that that relates to a lot of other workouts and how coaches approach it. Um, but I think this is a great example because again, it's, it, it, it's no negative on anyone out there if you need to adjust this workout. Like this is intense. I feel like I would have to adjust it because of the type of training I've been doing now, even though I've done it as prescribed many years, if I were to do it, say tomorrow with no prep. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I like this direction of conversation as well. I think that, you know, for coaches listening out there, they have to consider themselves in the same vein that athletes consider themselves, you know, and, 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 and looking at it any differently is just ego. It's ego at that point. Like if you are saying that, Hey, I, I must do this no matter what. And I must represent uh, a full completion of Murph unpartitioned with a 20 pound vest, because that's what my community members expect of me. That's just your ego telling you that. Nobody wants to see you laid up in the hospital with rhabdo because you ha you haven't, you know, you're not in the right physical space to do this workout right now. It's super, super important that coaches practice what they preach in terms of adjusting workouts. It's so important because how can you look at someone with a straight face and say, hey, Gabe, you should adjust this workout because you know, you've been training hard, but you know, for the past couple of months, you've only been in here a couple of times a week. You look like you're in really great shape, but I don't want to see you get hurt during this workout or feel the impacts afterwards. I think the best option for you today would be the half Murph version, no vest. And I just want to see you go through it. And if you're feeling funky at some point, you know, you got to pull the plug and just call it a day. How can you look at someone like, like that with a straight face and then go and do something that's the exact opposite for yourself? Not only is it a, a terrible example, you hemorrhage all credibility with the members at that point. Like you, the, the best way for the members to um, learn is to be watching how the coaches and the owners do their, uh, their workouts as well. Like if you are, if you are, if you're saying one thing and then doing the other, you're discrediting all of the things that you're saying to them. You should be following your own advice here. You should be adjusting workouts. You should be thinking about how you feel mentally, physically, emotionally when you're going into these things. And then the conversation is so much more genuine when you're talking to your athletes about making adjustments or making smart choices because they're just going to look at you and go, well, you never make smart choices. You're always banged up after your, your workouts. You got rhabdo after you did Murph. That's not the kind of conversation that you want to have with your members. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough. And I, I've been there, you know, you feel like there's a level of fitness and approach to these workouts. And it's true though. It, it, it does boil down to ego. And I know that, um, you know, there's, there's still this belief, even though it's, it's not founded on anything that, you know, approaching these workouts as prescribed is like the way to, the way that they're supposed to be done, especially when they're of significance, like hero workouts. This gets into a really and sorry, just this gets into a really angle on the converse, on the conversation of fitness, functional training, CrossFit as a whole, where have we blurred the line too much between sport 
and the pursuit of just the fitness methodology. Because if if you're just looking at these workouts as workouts, as as things that are going to better you to live your life freely and fully outside of the gym, to to accomplish your physical, emotional goal, whatever goals you have for yourself, then then why would you put yourself into a place where you could possibly get hurt or trying to quote unquote die for points, right? Like it, it's very interesting to me, this, this conversation of like, has sport gone too deep into the actual in gym administration of this workout where people are making really bad decisions on a day-to-day basis where they're not thinking about, Hey, should I adjust this workout down? Should I do less volume? Should I lower the load? What's the best place for me to be today? Is it always just, I need to get the the max score, the fastest score, the most reps that I can. I think that this has evolved over the years. I actually think the industry is at a better place today than it was 10 years ago, at least as far as I'm concerned. 10 years ago, there was no other option but for every person in the gym to throttle it as hard as they could. At least that was my perception, right? My perception was when I first got into CrossFit, I mean, if you were not laying on the floor, I mean, hell, Pukey the Clown was the actual mascot. And if you were not on the floor, you didn't get a good workout. Now, over the years, I think that there's been a blend, personally, because I think that there's there was old school mentality where you know bodybuilding style, which has its values, but it didn't it it didn't elicit the same response as CrossFit did. You maybe started to do some supersetting, right, where you did a little bit of buy, you did a little bit of try, and you kind of started feeling a little bit of that getting more work done in less time. Then all of a sudden, CrossFit came out the clock, and it just changed the game, as far as I'm concerned, because now you're fighting against this this you know, clock over the years, I think that there's been people who have taken that to extremes and then realized that probably isn't the right, the, you know, overall path. And they toned it back just a little bit, but they still have that intensity in their, in their, in their depth. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here in a long winded way is that the sport and the gym have blended a lot, but I think that we've seen a shift back towards putting in good effort but not laying on the floor as an example of a great workout. But that's, again, just my perception, right? Maybe that's just within our gyms. Maybe in the industry, that still is a perception. But I think people have kind of, you know, wised up that you don't need to be laying on the floor on your back like I used to every single day, all the time, which we've talked about on this show so many different times, you know? Yeah, I I think that we have a, obviously, we are NC fit and we do things a certain way. And, and I think that we, we see a lot of the things that we want to see now because we've done a really good job of making sure the experience within our gyms and the way that we think about our programming and our class plans match our vision for what we want people to experience in fitness, which is not necessarily killing yeah. yourself every single workout. It's not just unbridled max intensity, eyes closed, head down, you know, going for the max score that you can go for. Hey, every now and again, do we do we really push people on a, a really hard and more intense kind of uh, pace and we ask them to, to push a little bit harder than, than normal? Yes, of course. But our main goal at NC Fit is to help people live their lives freely and fully outside of the gym. We are really, really strongly convicted about that. We don't give a fuck about the sport of fitness. And I think that when you confuse those two, when you have when you have this idea that 
sport and, and, and general fitness are, they can coexist and be the same thing. I really think you run into this issue where you have these very confusing decisions that get made for everyday people. Like why would anybody who's an everyday person, who's got a life outside of the gym, who's got responsibilities, they got kids, they got events that they got to go to, they got a hike that they got to go on, they got a softball game that they got to go coach at. Why would you ever want to do a workout that's going to fuck you up so badly that all of that other stuff in your life is now moot? You can't do any of it. You're, you're hobbled. You, and in worst case scenario, you're in the hospital. That's where like, I think that some of this stuff has gotten too out of control. Where like, For everyday people, their fitness should never hamper the rest of their life. Yeah, but I don't know if it I don't know if it does as much anymore MDV. I think that we're you're talking about very a very micro amount of people and I think that there's a place for it if you want to compete in the sport of fitness. If you care about the sport of fitness, you want to do it, then you got to kind of you're specializing in that. But I don't know as as, as many people are hindering their lifestyle by going so hard on workouts as they used to 10 years ago. I, I don't know. But then again, maybe I'm just living in my own echo chamber cuz I see it in our gyms. And I don't see that. So but th- this is what I think makes us different. This is, this is where I think that we've drawn a very clear line in the sand that this, the thing that we pursue within NC fit is not sport. This is not a sport. There's no scoreboard. I don't care that you got 10 and Gabe got 11 and I got 12. Yeah. Do we ask people sometimes to keep a uh, uh, mindful about the reps that they're doing and, Make sure that they uh, understand that, hey, the workout is this length. Of course. But when do we ever um, talk about you know, who won this workout and who got the best score and who came in last? That never, ever comes across in anything that we do. And I think that that's a, a really important decoupling. Like we, we do not want this thing to turn into sport within our gyms, right? No. And uh, Yeah. I, like I said, I, I don't know if – I, I don't know if it's an industry thing because I don't spend as much time in every single gym in, in the world, but I do know within our gyms, and you could even make the argument within collective gyms, right? Because the way that we program and the way we structure our stuff, maybe it's trending a, away from the sport, but but then again, there's still a lot of momentum for those people who want that particular thing. Let them ride. Let them do that's it. That's fine. And, that, yeah. and that's fine. I think that that's also fine, but I think where the confusing part of this conversation gets for people is like not in NC fit, but in, in other gyms, you're going to have coaches and owners tell people to try to do things that are more sport related, that are more important for like the field of play, go as hard as you can go as far as you can get as many reps as you can. And don't worry about what happens because the only consequence that we are worried about is winning. That to me really is not an appropriate way to think about your fitness. That that's ultimately the kind of point that I'm trying to make there. And and when we are talking about fitness at NC Fit, we don't care about winning. All we care about is what? Yeah, helping people live freely and fully outside the gym. Yeah, effort putting in the putting in the. Oh effort, yeah, well your yeah. Your best effort for that day, right? And that means a lot of things to a lot of people. Anyway, this gets me really fired up. <laughs> so now now that you're really fired up. Playing, de- playing devil's advocate a little bit, you know, it, is there some benefit though to, and I guess it's not like looking at it as sport, but maybe more the, the game of the, the gamification of it 
to, you know, like Peloton had a leaderboard and that was a very big piece of what made that alluring. Orange Theory has, you know, splat points, I think they're called. And there's, there's something that can quantify you against your peers to the, like you said, effort that you put in that day. Mm. Is there, there, there's a lot of other, um, fitness brands out there that, you know, look at heart rate and having a heart rate strap on is like a big piece of like, you know, your results for that workout. Is there a place in fitness where having some quantifiable number attached to your workout will drive people to put an effort in that they wouldn't otherwise? Of course. Um, you know, I think that for some people, it's an, an, very motivating to see themselves on a, on a leaderboard or to see what they've earned for calories during a certain ride or kilojoules or whatever it is. But for other people, it's not, it's not important at all. For other people, it's just important that they, they got on the bike that day or they just rode that day or they walked through the threshold of the gym that day, you know, and, and yes, there will be certain people within the population that, that want to get the highest number or, you know, push themselves to do more than the person next to them. And that's okay. I, I think that that's okay for some people. I don't think that as a general rule, that should be the thing that people are worried about, especially when the consequences are higher when you're using higher loaded uh, objects or when you're doing movements that are more complex than just sitting on a bike. Um, you know, one of the reasons why the bike is such a fantastic tool in, in our space is the fact that you can introduce people to intensity on the bike with very, very little risk. As you add more loading, as you add more speed, as you add more volume, and you ask people to go faster or to uh, try to race to the finish, the consequences there are higher. And that's where you have mechanics breakdowns. That's where you have um, you know things like injuries happen or at a higher, uh, higher rate. So I, I don't think it's necessary for everybody. I do think that for some people, it is an important motivator or driver though. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept about like when I'm introducing people at our gyms and I'm taking them through workouts, I could throttle them on movements like the bike and even the rower a little bit. Um, you could throttle them kind of on runs, right? Like you could, you can get people to get their heart rate elevated and know that maybe if you have them do sprints, you might get hamstring sore. The bike, not too bad. Maybe they'll, they'll, their, their lungs, maybe they'll, they'll hurt there a little bit. But if you try and throttle somebody on thrusters, it's a lot different of an experience for someone, not necessarily in the moment, but post that moment, right? So if I have them on a Peloton bike and they're going through a class, they might be suffering for sure. But then afterwards, I, I don't think you're going to see as big of an effect as if you started loading that system up, like what you're talking about, MDV. If you're having someone do, you know, 20 rep back squats, you know, if you're doing speed squats with 135 on your back and you're just doing sets of 10, for let's just say 10 sets or something like that. I mean, it's a night and day difference than compared to exposing somebody on a bike. And I think that's one of the responsibilities that we have in the functional training space, right? In the CrossFit space, like when someone gets involved, it's, you, we have to be aware of where the sport transitions into the daily activities for those reasons in particular, because it's not the same trying to get calories or, or heart rate monitor at orange theory, as it is in trying to set a score doing, you know, a bear complex. It's a little bit of a different stimulus for sure that hits you kind of more post than at the moment. 
Yeah, I, um, I'm I'm kind of more and more convinced as I think about <clears throat> the fitness space and you know where we're at uh, with with NC Fit that we the way that we do it is obviously for me the way that I I I I really think it should be done, and I think that we have a really great balance of having people experience these workouts in an environment where it's okay to adjust them. It's okay to take, take the workout and lower the loading, lower the volume, lower the intensity. It's okay to change certain movements in the workout if you have some sort of injury or limitation or your body's not there yet, or you just don't want to do that movement for some reason. And it's also okay to do these workouts without necessarily worrying about the score in a way that transitions it from a, a workout to a sporting event. In sport, really the only thing you care about is winning. At NC Fit, it's very clear. This is not a sport. This is fitness to help you live your life in a better way outside of the gym, more freely, more fully to do all the things that you ever wanted to do without any sort of limitation. That's a very different goal from sport. And I am 100% fine with that because it doesn't mean that you, you can't go hard in your workouts. It just means that we're always checking that against where we are realistically in terms of like our goals for why we walked into the gym. And our goal is to not win the workout. Our goal is to get our best workout every single day, have fun in a great community atmosphere, and to learn something. That's our goal. When you put this into the sporting realm, the sporting arena, the only goal is to win. That's it. So I, I, that's that for me, I think, is a really strong distinction about what makes us and our training and our mindset special. Should we just uh, Love do that? I think that's a good drop? one. I Dude, think that's a good one. MDV's had two in a row two weeks in a row last week it was equating uh training to oh, coffee oh, and how you gosh. start off with hella creamer and then it goes into like less creamer and then black and then, <laughs> and he, definitely, then he definitely didn't say hella creamer hella creamer. He said, you know you're, said from bay, you're from the bay when you say hella right oh dude you're totally from the bay if you say hella um hey one thing i was just gonna say uh and this is gonna be advice that i give myself for ava workout today and then also for you know murph is that if you do want to accomplish the task in entirety, that's fine. If that's something that's important to you, like it is for a lot of people, there's also this idea of just speed. So if you're a gym owner out there, if you're someone out there and you want to go complete Murph and you want to do it and you think it's an appropriate workout, but it just might not be in 40 minutes, you might have to, or 30 minutes, you might have to take you an hour. You could also just reduce down the speed, take your time, go through it and still get that win of accomplishing all the work. That's probably the way that I'm going to approach Murph this year, just sharing with you. Um, I know that if I really throttle it, uh, I have a tendency not to be able to extend out my arms for a couple of days from all the from all the pull-ups. So it's just, it's just if I really throttle it, I know that if I'm doing bigger sets on the pull-ups, especially if I, even if I go skip, uh, kip or strict, that my biceps will get really tight and I won't be able to extend them. Well, that's going to impact me on the jiu-jitsu floor and whatnot. So I'm going to take my time a little bit more and then throttle other areas and be okay with it because I'm going to get the work done. Um, just And on today's workout, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I think I'm going to do a round and then take a minute off. I'm going to do that for 11 rounds. And then next year, I think I might have to pivot to the 20-minute AMRAP because it's getting a little bit obnoxious. 
get after it. Eleven rounds. <laughs> uh, next eleven year. rounds. I'll win. I'll we'll win the battle next year for the twenty There's, minute and fifty. I'm getting closer. Round. I'm getting closer to it. There's always next year. Always There's always next year. Next year. That's a that's sound like, like a, sound like a Mets fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The Mets are the best team in baseball right now. Dude, April, April. The The Mets are always the best team in baseball in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see what happens. Well, I hope the Mets continue to win uh, and do well. Um, I know this whole conversation got started off because of uh, Ava's birthday workout, but I think it really stemmed into this kind of idea of like special workouts, right? Workouts that have meaning. And then how can you, you know, kind of translate that? I, I like what MDV says about the difference really about treating it like a sport or, uh, and, and not, I thought you summarized that really well. So thanks for that MVV. Um, on that note, we got Murph prep for those people who are getting, you know, who want to do it. Uh, Gabe, where can they find that kind of information? Yeah. So obviously on the NC fit app, we have NC Metcon starting in May. It's going to have one workout a week that is going to have kind of the volume that you'll want to be prepared for that workout. And there's going to be some additional work that you can add to whatever training you're doing that we're going to be sending out in the EOE weekly email. So if you're not subscribed to those, definitely do that. We're going to have four emails going out in May that's going to have plenty of accessory work you can do to prepare for that workout. And the nice thing is that if you do sign up on the NCFIT app or you follow our programming via the NCFIT Collective, not only are you going to be preparing for Murph, but we're kicking off a Wendler cycle in NC Metcon. So a nice old school 5-3-1 way to get super strong in some big compound lifts. So you're going to get the best of both worlds. I'm super excited for that cycle to kick off. And again, that starts May 2nd. So when this comes out next week, April 28th, make sure you sign up, download the app, start your free trial so you can hop on board day one on Monday. I love the fact that we're incorporating the Wendler. I did Wendler for a really long time and I really liked it because it was quick and effective. Five, three, one, and then plus. It's a really cool program. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I think that you should definitely check it out because for me, the the, the beautiful thing was in MDV, I, I don't know, you know, how how much time, Wendler, you could get done in like 20 minutes, right? In and out. Can, can you? Yeah, Wendler is probably... Um the simplest application of a strength program that you could have, um, like Gabe said, a five, three, one, where you start off with three sets of one by five. The next week is three sets of one by three. And then you have the five, three, one after that in the third week. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can apply this, but we've applied it to our NC Metcom program for the past couple of years, either one or two times a year. And it's an awesome way to layer in some additional strength work that doesn't really interfere too much because the volume isn't very high and it's just a progressive overload with, uh, you know, your continued strength movements for those, uh, three or four weeks that you're doing this. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, well, MDV, any final thoughts before we close this sucker out? No, I'm excited. I'm excited for, uh, I'm going to be down in San Jose next week. Hopefully we get to roll some jujitsu. Um, we're going to be filming a coach education course next week, which is also going to be fun and exciting. And, um, just ready for the summer weather to, to kick in here, man. I'm, I can't, can't wait to get some sunshine next week. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So for all of you guys listening, if you're a gym owner, you haven't checked out the NC fit collective, you got to do it. It's the session plans, the program that we use in our gyms every single day and used across gyms all over the world. I believe we're doing it really well and you should definitely check it out. And if you're an athlete training your garage, training at the gym, you haven't checked out the NC fit app, make sure to do so. And join the UE Weekly. Like, hey, if you just want some free content every week, we're dropping some phenomenal content. 
It's 100% free. Gabe and his team do a great job with it. And uh, make sure you sign up for that. So all those links are going to be in the podcast show notes. I hope everybody keeps crushing it. MDV, Gabe, stay good looking. Hope you guys have a great day. (laughs) Later, guys.